What's up? We want to give thanks to all of our amazing sponsors. Piper Diamonds, your hometown jeweler. Bling, bling at piperdiamondco.com. TheCardenasLawGroup.com, your concierge level service, which is for all your personal injury needs. And Compton Broomhead Dental at MunsterDental.com. This is top level luxury dental care. And Finley Volvo Cars of Las Vegas. Safety first since 1927. All right, Kelly Cardenas podcast. Let's go. What we're going to be talking about today uh, on the Kelly Cardenas podcast is we're going to be talking about learning myths. So learning myths, things that people have, like anytime you think about a myth, I mean, if you look that up, it's, it's something that's not true. It's something that maybe was a, a little urban legend, something that uh, other people talked about, right? And But isn't so much a, a, as much true in, in the uh, present day. So when we're talking about myths, these are things that I've learned over the course of time. I've got some uh, uh, color crayons, um, you know, our uh, little book and things like that. Like this is a little color book from Paul Mitchell. My daughter uh, did this. And then I took some notes today because I was on fire and I, I was so excited. And I want you to realize that your creativity does not have to come from the craziest uh, um, organization. It can come from a place where, you know, you you have a notebook with you. I always try and have a notebook with me at all times. Um, and then that way you can write some stuff down. You can write down as much as you possibly can during those times. And that uh, these things come out. But what, I, uh, what was really heavy on my heart today was learning myths. Because what I found is there's so many people that, 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 limit themselves because of learning myths. Okay. So here's a couple of them. I only learn this way. I'm a visual learner. I'm a hands-on learner. I'm a musical learner. I am this kind of uh, learner. I'm that kind of learner, whatever it is. And so what I want us to be able to unpack and to be able to look at is a lot of times what people want to do is they want to assess you and the assessments aren't bad. I mean, can you be a musical learner? Absolutely. Um, can you be an artistic learner? Yes, you can. Can you be a, a, a kinetic learner? Yes, you can. But these assessments aren't meant to put you in a box and have you hold on to that for the rest of your life and shun everything else. And this is what I see happen. This is what I see happen a lot. Um, educator myths, uh, the audience, uh, you know, as in learning. Um, the educator says it wasn't a good audience. <laughs> what constitutes a good audience, right? It wasn't a good audience. It wasn't my day. They weren't feeling my vibe. They didn't understand who I was. I teach like this. Well, what I want us to grab hold of and to be able to grasp today is learning myths. That's what we're talking about. These are things that when we debunk these myths, then we only th the only thing that we have left is us and our own behavior, and then we have to take responsibility for our behavior, and that is generally not the popular situation. Blaming something is always a way that we want to go. But here we go. So let's break it down into two things. We're going to talk about two. One is going to be the educator. Number two is going to be the student or the audience. 
Okay. And so with the learning myths, what I want you to, uh, to realize is that we're going to break a couple of them today. Now, some of this information might not, not be, you know, might not be that popular. Some of you might be like, yo, you're wrong. Okay. That's cool. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Let's discuss it. But what I want us to understand is there's two types in, in any learning situation. There's an educator and there's an audience, or you could call it the student. You could call it the teacher. Very similar. But let's start with the educator. Number one that I want you to write down. This is the myth that I want to debunk. It does not matter how you teach. It does not matter how you teach, but emphasize the you. If you are a teacher, it does not matter how you teach. It doesn't matter. Second one. It doesn't matter what your style is. Let's go to the first one. It doesn't matter how you teach. See, I was in, I remember I was in, uh, in Hawaii, uh, years ago and I was with a, a couple of kids and, uh, they were, they're phenomenal. I call them kids, but they're, I mean, they weren't, uh, you know, it's not derogatory. It was just, I, w- I was with some people that, um, that I worked with and they were, they were phenomenal educators. They still are. And what I told them is at the beginning, I said, it does not matter how you teach. And they looked at me and they were like, well, what do you mean? And I said, well, and they said, well, techniques, things like that. I said, no, no, it doesn't matter how you teach. What matters is, is how the audience learns. Because if you hold so hard to your style, this is my style of teaching, then you're going to find that when you go into an environment of people who don't think like you, you're going to be let down because you're going to think, oh, I got all this great information. They're not going to take it or they're not going to respond to it well. And then you're going to have that myth of it was a bad audience. It wasn't a bad audience. You just didn't know what you were dealing with. You didn't know who you were dealing with. And if you don't know who you're dealing with and you just try and force upon somebody your teaching or how you teach, then a lot of times the audience doesn't get what's going on. Second one is it doesn't matter what style you have. And I told the kids this and they were looking at me like I was crazy. They were like, no, 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 you've got a style. And I said, my style is adaptive based off the people who I'm working with. So there'll be times where I'll go hard and be like, yo, you need to do this. And then there's times where I sit back and be able to pause a little bit, ask reflective questions. Sometimes I joke with people, sometimes I back off, sometimes I banter with them, sometimes I back off. But if you can start to understand and know your audience, see your audience style is all that matters. You as an educator, as an educator, your style doesn't matter. And if you truly want to be a great educator, what you'll start to look at is you'll start to look at the style of people that you're around and then you can do a thing that Tony Robbins does, which is called mirroring. And that mirroring is looking at the audience and saying, what type of audience do I have? Is it an energetic one? Is it a situation where, is it an educational one? Is it a musical audience? And I've learned the hard way. I went into a a situation one time, I was actually doing some uh, servant leadership and I was doing it for um, some high school kids. And I went in and I went hard, like, you know, because I was, I was on fire. I had come off of, I think I just spoke to like 3,500 people at the sport clips huddle, shout out to sport clips. And I was on fire. And like in that group in 3,500, you could be kind of funny, but you could be like, 
pow, like, let me give it to you. And I went in and did that style with a high school age and all the people were looking at me like, who's this guy? Who's this dude? Why is he dressed like that? Why does he look like that? Why does he keep yelling? So your style doesn't matter. Third myth. <laughs> this one's going to hurt. <laughs> doesn't matter who you are. As an educator, it does not matter who you are. It doesn't matter. Sit in that for a second. We said on the last podcast that Stephen Covey said in the eighth habit that circumstance and reaction, the space in between determines your success. The larger the space in between the circumstance to the reaction, the higher probability you have of success. So create more and more distance between the circumstance and the reaction, meaning that you take time to process it, you take time to look at it. Let's look at this. When you're a teacher or you're an educator, it does not matter who you are. If you hold on to, number one, how you teach, if you hold on to your style, if you hold on to who you are, your audience will shut down. Because there's times where you have to back out of it. I was at the uh, Paul Mitchell School in uh, Costa Mesa one time, and I went, and all the barbers, and if you're in school, you know exactly what I'm talking about, but it was right when the barbers came out, and they were in the, uh, in the room, and I could spot the barbers from a mile away. First of all, they always sit in the back of the room, or at this time, they did, and I knew. I came from a barber background. I grew up uh, cutting hair in a, a, a double-wide mobile home, and so I understood now, in the hairdresser world that I'm in, you know, and that I've been in for the last 28 years, it's like very much an artsy, like I want to show you, I want to, oh, oh, yeah. And in the barber world, it's like, you don't even have to say nothing. In the barber world, it's hip hop. In the barber world, hip hop, I mean, it's, it's a part of the culture. And what part of the culture is in hip hop, you never say like, yo, I'm number two, ever. Hairdressing world is, you know, music that makes you feel good, lifts everybody up. In the barber world, it's like, I'm on top of this game. This is me, uh, uh, that's what I got. It's a different culture, it's cool. Like I grew up in that part of it. You wanted to do your fade, that your fade was better than anybody else's. And you weren't trying to take a second seat to anybody. I'm going to grind. I'm going to make my thing happen as a hairdresser. It's not like that. That's okay. But I noticed in, my, in the room, I had my hairdressers who were like, yay, happy to be here. This is so great. And then I had my barbers that were like, just kind of feeling it out. And they were sitting in the back. And I remember uh, I made a comment, I made a joke, and uh, you know, I, I made a connection point with a couple of the barbers because that's where my background was. That's where I grew up, Lompoc, represent. I grew up cutting hair in locker rooms and bathrooms and uh, fading people in a garage. So I started to speak to them a little bit, and once I got them, I got the whole audience. But I had to adapt my style. I had to step out of who I was, and I had to look at who was in my audience. I want to invite you into that place. Number one, myth. And we're talking about learning myths right now. Learning myths. Number one, 
It doesn't matter how you teach. It doesn't. So how you teach is a myth. Your style, myth, doesn't matter. Who you are, doesn't matter. The only thing that matters is your audience. And once you lock into that audience, guys, magic will happen. Magic will happen. And in any educational experience, if you can simply study your audience and you start to see the people come in, you see the uh, women that are kind of like this or you see the woman that's holding like this, there's a difference between this and this. This is, I'm closed off, I got everything, what you got for me? This is kind of insecure in being in here. Maybe I'm by myself. Maybe I don't feel that confident. For this person, I need to get them to here. For this person, I need to get them to here. Because if I could take this person and I could turn them into, yeah, amen, I got you. And I could turn this person into sitting back and saying that you're absolutely beautiful. Guess what happens? Magic happens. But it's different for different people. You see, I'm not trying to get this person here to set back like this because this person here isn't going to this place yet. This person here just needs to feel that it's about them. Yeah, yeah, I'm feeling you, I'm feeling you, yeah. And maybe it's just one arm. Yeah. And then back to it. But I know I'm opening you. I know I'm opening you. It's on the way. And this one here. I just need to make you understand and know that you are special, that you're amazing, that you are built beautiful, and all the things that have been said about you to cause you to do this and to shore up and to protect yourself, it's not true. You're amazing. You got phenomenal potential. For this one, you've had negative impacts. You've had people tell you things that weren't true. You had people lie to you. But I'm not going to sit down and talk to you in this kind of motion. I'm going to make you laugh. And in making you laugh, you're going to drop your arm a little bit. Ah, and then you're going to go there. And then you're going to go back to this. And then you can't do this for long while you're smiling. And you're going to start to open up. But it's different for different people. So understand your audience. You see, as an educator, it doesn't matter how you teach. It doesn't matter your style. It doesn't matter who you are. It only matters who your audience is. Big Sister Lisa, how are you doing? I love you. I love you. I love you. You have been a phenomenal mentor in my life. And I love you more than life itself. Lisa Simmons, if you don't know that I'm talking about you, I love you and you're amazing and you have always been such a phenomenal mentor and an incredible inspiration to me and your little brother who's my brother. So that means that you're my sister. I love you. Let's go into the second one, learning myth, student, okay? It doesn't matter how you learn. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write that out. I'm putting it on wax right now and I want you to, I want you to sound bite me on that. Because what our generation is growing up with today, which is not a bad thing, is the evaluation of learning styles, which is not bad, and multiple intelligences, which is not bad. It's amazing. But I could tell you this, it's surveyed to help you to understand where your deficiencies are and help you to realize that you have blind spots and not for you to say, I'm a musical learner, therefore I'm only going to listen to music. Guys, understand and realize that you have to, you have to learn different ways. You have to learn different ways. 
because God is speaking to you so many. People always ask me, like when I say that God spoke to me today, they're like, how, how is he speaking to you? He hasn't spoke to me. Just because you're not tuned in to 98.5 on the radio right now, does it mean that the music's not playing on 98.5? And I'm not saying that I'm the only one tuned in. I'm just saying when you tune into a radio station, the music is playing, but when you turn it off, it doesn't mean that the music stops. It means that when you tune in, when, you, when your dial is on the right place, you're going to hear it. Sometimes you need to change the dial. You can't be on one radio station for your whole life. You got to be able to listen and you got to learn from nature and learn from this and learn from that. And and I I want you to understand, guys, there's so many different lessons that are around there. There's so many different things that are speaking to you. There's so many different ways. But a lot of times we're locked into, I learn like this, I learn like this. Number two, as a student or as an audience, number two, it doesn't matter who you are. When you're in an audience, it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't. Because if you hold on true, and I love this, this is probably one of my favorites, is Dave Chappelle. He taught us this, when keeping it real goes wrong. If you don't know that, watch it over and over and over and over and over again. When keeping it real goes wrong, and we've all done that. Yo, this is me. This is who I am. <laughs> I'm so glad that I didn't keep it real for too long because I would have still been driving a 71 Corolla station wagon with 50 series tires on it and some house speakers in the back with some spray tint. My dad put spray tint on our windows because we didn't have enough money to be able to tint windows. And he was like, boy, I'll do it myself. And he went to AutoZone in Lompoc, California and bought some spray tint. Yes, audience, spray tint and sprayed it on our windows. And when he sprayed it, he sprayed it too close and it started to drip down. It looked like there was honey on our uh, windows. And I believed in my dad. I thought it was going to turn that black limo tint and it didn't. It just looked like we had honey that was dried up and cracked on our, win- on our window. I'm so glad that I didn't have the ability to keep it real for too long because I would have done stuff that was so silly. Think about the things that, the thing that you ultimately wanted. I remember wanting, like wanting my dad. I was like, yo dad, we need to get 50 series tires. I didn't even know what they were, but that's what NWA was speaking about. And I wanted 50 series tires and we had a car that didn't need 50 series tires on it, but I'm so glad but a lot of times we hold so strong to who we are that we do not have our, uh, uh, our hands open to receive who we're ultimately going to be. See, tomorrow you could be a new person. Today you could be a new person. And I'm not saying that what, who you are right now is bad, but I'm saying that if you stay who you are right now and five years from now, it's not going to be a good thing. If you don't believe me, wear the same jeans. Hold on to them jeans. Hold on to them jabos. Hold on to those luckies. Hold on to those acid wash. It's going to be a while till they come back. Actually, they're back now. My daughter's wearing them today. But an audience member, most of the time, the myth is, the myth is who I am is so important. No, it's not. It's who you're going to be. I look at a Susie trial. Thank you so much for listening. And just the little things. When you said red brake calipers, Susie, that was, it meant the world to me. 
Because I did a video one time and I said, red brake calipers can change your life. And I said, because it's the one little thing that you see and it changes everything. I got them on my truck, red brake caliper covers. And I was so excited. And then I was like, I was looking, I was like, man, my, my, uh, uh, my truck changed and nobody really recognized it except me. But then once you see it, you can't unsee it. It's the little things. It's the little progressions. Yesterday, I got a new band for my watch. You guys like it? It's orange. Like it? Stephanie Kachelski, orange. Made me fall in love with my watch even more. My buddy, uh, Fred, thank you so much, Fred Cioci. He gave me this uh, yesterday, and it changed everything. It didn't change the watch. The watch is the thing that tells the time, but it changed the way that I looked at it. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of becoming who you should become and who your purpose to become. You're never going to lose yourself. You're never going to lose yourself. And I'm not talking about like, oh, adapt and be somebody else. I'm saying be yourself. But it really doesn't matter who you are right now or who you are today because I could tell you this, you're not going to want to be that in three years. You're not going to want to be that in five years. And I could tell you this, like, like if I would have went back to 21 and I said, I'm going to keep it real, like I would have kept it real broke because at 21, I was broke. Third myth, doesn't matter what's happened to you. (laughs) It doesn't matter what's happened to you. So many people, we all are like this. We're like, yo, you know, this is why, this is what happened to me. When you walk in as an audience member, as you walk in as as a student into a classroom, it don't matter what happened to you. Because something happened to the guy next to you and the guy next to you and the lady next to you and the person over there. And sometimes it's worse, sometimes it's not as bad. But I could tell you this, it doesn't matter because we have all have it. So realize, drop that down when you walk in and you're an audience member. Number one, it doesn't matter who, uh, how you learn. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what happened to you. I remember telling a woman this, like I was at the Mandalay Bay and uh, she, she spoke Spanish. And I, uh, she, said, uh, she said my last name in Spanish. So I always said Cardenas and I, uh, she said Cardenas. And I said, oh, uh, Cardenas. And she's like, do you speak Spanish? And uh, first of all, she asked me if I was Mexican. I said, yes. And she said, do you speak Spanish? And I said, no. And she said, why not? And I said, well, it's because my dad grew up with it as his first language. Then he lost it. And then he never spoke it to us. And so that's the reason why I don't speak Spanish. She looked at me and she was like, you don't have a choice of your own? And then it went silent. And I was like, I wanted to be like, be pleased. You need to back up off this. Like, I'm about to cut your hair. I'll cut it shorter if I want to. But then she just went silent, and there was that space in between the circumstance and the reaction, right? And she just paused. And she said, is that his fault? And how long are you going to continue to blame your dad for you not taking the initiative and learning a language? Am I the only one that's done that? I hope not. Am I the only one? I hope I'm not. Raise your hand up, throw up a like or a love if that's you too. And you've been like, yo, I didn't do this because my dad said, or my mom did, or I lived in this town, or I came from Lompoc. 
but I can't because it's because you chose not to. Now, if it's, I didn't go to the NBA because I was too short. Uh, I mean, there's short people in the NBA. It's because you didn't want to, or maybe you weren't purpose to do it. That's okay. But call it for what it is. And that's what that lady said to me on those things is on that day, she was like, no, you don't know Spanish because you did not learn Spanish and you didn't make it a priority. I was like, but don't you want to sit in my feelings with me for a little bit, lady? Don't you know where I came from? Don't you know what's happened to me? Don't you know who I am and how I learn? Don't matter. None of it matters. You know what matters when you're a student? The information and the lessons that you can learn in any situation. I'm not just talking about a classroom. I'm talking about life. So open your eyes, become aware. And when you become aware, guess what starts to happen? Education all around you. Education all around you. See, there was a lady named Miss Simmons. It was my, uh, my second mom. And Miss Simmons, who was Lisa's mom, and uh, my buddy, uh, my, my best friend and brother, Will's mom, so it was my second mom. Mrs. Simmons opened something to me and educated me on something that I never realized that's actually happening today. But in Mrs. Simmons' household, everyone was everyone. Everyone was everyone. My buddy Will is mixed, so his dad is black. Miss Simmons was white. But Miss Simmons didn't know how to do Lisa's hair and Stacy's hair, so she got Sir Charles, and Sir Charles was the number one, uh, you know, black hairdresser in Lompoc. And they, uh, Sir Charles would come to the house and take care of Lisa and Stacy. And you know what? As I was watching that, and that happened in the kitchen, I realized that there was special care and that a hairdresser could come to your house. There was a whole nother level because where I was living in a one-bedroom apartment with five people and I would come and stay the night and there was food in the fridge and there wasn't at my house. And when I would do that, I would look at it and be like, wow, this is possible. There was education happening because I was open to it. There's also education happening because Miss Simmons said everyone was everyone. We had black people in the, uh, in the house, Chinese people in the house. We had uh, gay people, straight people. And you know what Miss Simmons did? She loved every single one of them exactly the same, and there was no difference between anybody, although there was difference between the individuals. So she didn't treat all people exactly the same. She treated all the people with the respect of who they were because she was a teacher. She wasn't trying to say, I'm Miss Simmons, I'm this, I'm that. No, she was adapting to her audience and wherever she was at the particular time. She adapted. So, fourth one, final one, is it does not matter the blocks that you have. When you're a student, it does not matter the blocks that you have. Some people call them disabilities, like learning disabilities, And I'm not debunking those things. I have them. But I want to speak on them. I I remember I used to feel bad and kind of shamed because I would uh, read and I couldn't pay attention. And I would, you know, read and I would go off in another land. And, you know, sometimes I'd read and fall asleep. Or sometimes I couldn't read and I stutter over the top of words when I read it out loud. But then I had to realize that was a part of who I was. And if it was a, you know, that, that was a thing that was beautiful. It was something that was awesome. It was my art. 
And I want to encourage you, if you do have any learning disabilities, I want to encourage you in it. It's not that something's wrong with you. It's that you're special, that you're great, that you're amazing, and you learn different. And it took me years and years and years to realize that I learned different, and that's okay. Someone could look at it as a learning disability based off the way that they learn, like if I need to learn like you learn. But it was beautiful when I looked at it and said, it's the way I learn. And just being open. Sometimes I needed to learn through hearing. Sometimes I needed to learn through sight. And if I was weak in that place, I could work the muscle a little bit. So it doesn't matter the blocks that you have. It doesn't. When you're an audience member, when you're a student, it doesn't matter the blocks that you have because if you focus on the blocks, that's all you'll see. But what I want you to realize is I want you to see the space in between the blocks, over the top of the blocks, underneath the blocks, on the side of the blocks, and say, maybe I could take a lesson from this. Maybe it's a lesson on cooking. And when I'm watching, I get to learn about how not to treat people because I'm watching the chef deal with the sous chef. That's a lesson. But if you're not open to it and you're only open to the thing that you're open to, watch this. If you're only locked in, I'm only going to take this thing away, then you walk away and you don't get to learn a lesson. I heard a a story about a a young man that followed his mentor and he was so excited about following his mentor and he finally got the chance to, uh, opportunity to to assist the the mentor. And when when he saw that person, then he learned great things, learned amazing technique, but also learned that is not just about your education and what you can bring to someone, but it's the way in which you treat everybody else that's around you. But if you're not open to that, you won't learn that. It's not about your blocks. Your blocks don't matter as a student. What up, Maggie? I want to come back. I got some good stuff for you. Watch this whole thing back, Maggie. I want to come and be in Nashville with you. I will be there whenever you call. So write this down. If you have a pen, please write this down. Learn to learn in the way you don't know how to learn because that is learning. (laughs) Learn to learn in the way you don't know how to learn because that's true learning. True learning is learning something that you don't know. Learn to learn in a way that you don't know how to learn. If you're not good at listening, try listening. It doesn't mean you have to be the best at it. It just means that you open that part of it. And sometimes you just hear that little thing. You hear that little nuance. And I tell you, like if you can, if you can lock into nuance, that little word, that nuance, you look at the nuances that are happening in your life, in the world, that's what can change everything. Check this out. Let me say it again. Learn to learn in a way you don't know how to learn, that is real learning. So I'm going to tell you about a nuance. Uh, I was, we went to a Kids Bop concert. Uh, we went to a bunch of them, and then we finally went to one in, uh, at the Honda Center in, in Anaheim. My daughter was a big Kids Bop fan. Uh, we went backstage and did all the meet and greet and all the stuff. It was cool. Her favorite artist was a guy named Isaiah. Well, uh, two weeks before, two, three weeks before, I had told a guest in our uh, um, salon, and her name is Nikki, and Nikki was the a movement coach for Britney Spears. And I said, Nikki, you're going to have to change your profession. And she said, why? And I said, because you're going to need to become the choreographer for Kids Bop. And she looked at me, and she kind of laughed, and she said, are you joking? Because, you know, obviously she's working with Britney Spears, 
And I, I looked at her and, and I thought she was just going to be like, yo, I'm, you know, above that. And she's like, are you joking right now? And I said, no, nah, I'm not joking. And she's like, you do know that my friend is the choreographer for Kids Bop, right? And I said, well, I'm going to the concert. She's like, well, let me call my friend and then I can have her, you know, your daughter maybe meet some of the kids. And I was like, could she get my daughter to meet Isaiah? Because Isaiah's her favorite. She's like, absolutely, I'm, I'm sure it'll work out. So she calls her friend, everything's set up. We go to the Honda Center and the choreographer is supposed to meet us at the meet and greet and then she's going to take us and like introduce us to Isaiah. And the girl calls me, Nikki calls me and says, hey, I apologize, uh, but um, it was last night that the choreographer was at the show and it's not tonight. Luckily, I hadn't told my daughter but I was a little bit let down and then we went down to our seats and this is first world problems because we're second row center stage. And I'm a little bit like, man, I wish she was going to be able to meet him. And then I'm just watching the concert and I always love watching people and I'm watching for the nuances and I'm picking up on different little aspects. What up Jay Costa? And I'm picking up on these little nuances and I see about five people walk in. They're all adults and they're all dressed really well. And as they're dressed really well, Lompoc State of Mind, Jay Costa. Represent. Check out the website. As these people are dressed really well, they're walking towards their uh, seats, maybe five or six of them, whatever it is. I look, and there's no kids with them. I'm at a Kids Bop concert. There's no people without kids. And as I see them, I start looking, and I'm examining them. They're well-dressed, whatever, and then they sit down, and I notice that they start cheering when people are doing solos, and then they start cheering even louder when this one kid does a solo. And it happens to be Isaiah, my, my daughter's favorite performer. And I watch him the whole concert. I'm watching him. I'm watching a concert, but I'm watching them. And they go nuts every time he solos. And I'm like, they're either huge fans, like my daughter, or that's his family. So we get done with the concert, and I have a, a fork in the road. The one fork is stay uh, normal dad and, you know, don't... Uh, uh, you know, don't try anything new, stay in the wheelhouse. Second fork, the other side was go over there and ask them if that's their family. And your daughter is a huge fan. So she would love to meet. It's her favorite pop star. It's like somebody's Justin Timberlake. And so I choose this side and I walk over and I put my hand on this guy's uh, shoulder and this shoulder is like larger than my legs. And uh, he turns to me and I was like, Hey, you guys are Isaiah's family, huh? And he looks at me and he kind of looks me up and down and he's like, Harlan, Harlan. And I was like, oh man, I just messed up. And Harlan comes walking over and Harlan's kind of a big dude too. And um, before he had called Harlan, I, I had told uh, the guy, I said, you're Isaiah's family, aren't you? And then he looks at me and I said, this is my daughter and she's been a fan for like four years. She's uh, Isaiah's biggest fan and I just wanted to tell you and we've come to all these concerts, all this stuff. Then he yells Harlan. Harlan comes over and he looks at me, he looks me up and down and uh, the guy tells Harlan that story about my daughter being a, a fan and we've been to all these meet and greets and all these things and Harlan looks me up and down and, and he says in his raspy voice, Harlan, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And Harlan says, anyone who is a fan of my son is a friend to me. And I about lost my mind. I was thinking, I'm the coolest dad in the world. Everything's good. And then he said, you know what? Would it be okay if my son Isaiah 
called your daughter or sent her a video, sent her a video tomorrow thanking her as a fan because he is all about his fans and we want to make sure that they're appreciated. And I was like, oh my gosh, yes. And so I, you know, we exchanged numbers and I did that crazy, you know, thing that ladies you do in the bar sometimes when you're a little overzealous, guys, you shouldn't do this. But like literally I had him give me his phone number and I text him while he was looking at me. Cause I was like, I'm getting this, I'm going to have my daughter meet this little, little guy. Cause this is her hero, right? We go back to the meet and greet, whatever it is we talk. And then the next day he calls me or he texts me and he says, Hey, um, well, can, would it be okay if we didn't send a video, but we FaceTimed with your daughter? And I was like, absolutely. Then I get a call and I have to go to the hospital. And cause my friend is in the hospital, Stephanie Kachelski, she went to the hospital at the time and I went down and I, I got a chance to spend time with her, but it was right around the time when, you know, when Harlan was supposed to call with Isaiah and, you know, he texts me again. He's like, Hey, you know, can I, can I FaceTime you a little bit later? But, um, you know, we're not going to call you, but we're going to FaceTime you and we want to record the FaceTime because he's filming a documentary and your daughter would be on it. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is going to be crazy. I get home from the hospital and no longer do I pull into the parking lot or in my uh, driveway as Harlan calls me. And when Harlan calls me, he, he's like, yo, uh, you know, Isaiah wants to say hi to McKenna. And I run in the house. It's on FaceTime. And I turn, I say, baby, here it is. And I think she's maybe nine at the time and I hand her the phone and it's her favorite pop star on FaceTime and he's like hey McKenna how are you doing they sit and awkwardly talk as nine-year-olds and 11-year-olds would do for a little bit of time and then I got they got done with the call and I talked to Harlan and I told him I said hey I'm gonna force you to be my friend and I don't know how this is going to happen, but I'm going to force you to be my friend. And uh, I said, you know, whatever you need, I'm going to take care of. And he said, Harlan said, you know, I don't need anything. But his mom, Sylvia, works her butt off, takes care of everything. and She's the one that really needs some love. And I said, you know what, I'm going to make sure that she's taken care of. And then over the course of probably about a year, I stayed in touch and I would reach out and they, you know, I'd talk to them and say, you know, how are you guys doing? Whatever it was, because this is my daughter's favorite pop star. And what I wanted to do is make sure that she knew that he was just a, a human being, not a pop star. Well, it comes probably about a year later that, uh, I get a, a message on Instagram and it says, Hey, Mr. Kelly, uh, you know, you said that you would do my hair. Can you, can I come down and get my hair done? And I said, yes, but I didn't know that the kid was going to show up. He shows up in the salon and with his mom and his cousin, and I get to do his hair, and my daughter, we pick her up from school, and she shows up, coming out of school, walks into the salon, and her favorite pop star is in her daddy's chair getting his hair done. And oh, by the way, his cousin, I'm cutting his hair, and he's like, thank you so much, I haven't had this experience, his name is Trent, and we got to do his do his stuff. And uh, he's like, yo, my uncle would love this. My uncle would love this. And he kept on talking about his uncle. And I was like, okay, who's your uncle? You know, he's like, yeah, my uncle would love this. And then he's like, my uncle Snoop. Well, his uncle is Snoop because his dad is corrupt, MC corrupt from the dog pound. And so now they've become basically a part of our family and Sylvia has become a great friend of ours and she's been uh, working with us on different, uh, different situations. And what I want you to understand, the reason why I'm telling you this story, because it all goes back to nuance, paying attention and being aware and being present in this situation. Had I not been aware and looking at the nuances at that concert, I never would have got the chance to be able to meet Isaiah and meet his mom, who is now a great friend of our families. I wouldn't have been able to meet Trent. I wouldn't have been able to spend time with them. There 
are so many things that are happening in your life right now. There are so many opportunities that are knocking very lightly and saying, I want to come in. I want to come in. I want to come in. I want, I'm your potential. I'm your, your purpose. I want to be with you. And a lot of times we're shunning them because we're saying, I got all these blocks. This is who I am. I don't learn like that. I don't do things like that. But what I want you to do is be open and be present because God wants you to be open right now. And he wants you to simply be in his presence. And when you're in his presence, then you will be present with people. So an educator, an educator, okay, the myths of learning. It doesn't matter what you teach. It doesn't matter your style. It doesn't matter who you are. It only matters who your audience is. For a student, it doesn't matter how you learn. It doesn't matter who you are, uh, what has happened to you, the blocks that you have. Learn to learn in a way that you don't know how to learn because that is true learning. You see, when an educator is open and surrenders his or her audience, the best in each and every student will be brought out. And that's the root of education because when you look up education, education and knowledge is not to put in. It means to draw out to draw out the greatness in people, what I want you to realize today is that you are great and it just needs to be brought out of you. And there's gonna be certain situations that bring greatness out of you. You see, most educators think that it's all about the cramming in and giving you information. No, it's about drawing you out. It's about telling you out there in Facebook land and on the podcast to tell you, each and every one of you, that you are amazing, that there are things that are untapped in your potential, in your purpose, and that want to come to the surface. Why? Because it's going to be a blessing to somebody else and that you are going to be able to bless this world with your light and your creativity and to be able to draw out of you what is inside you, what is built inside you, and not for the educator to think that they're going to place all these things in. You see, when the audience drops their guard, guys, I'm reading off my notes, when an audience drops their guard and accepts knowledge in any form, especially the one that's foreign, the real process begins to happen. The real process begins to happen. See, when an audience drops their guard and accepts knowledge in any form, especially that is foreign to them, the real progress begins to happen because when you learn something that you don't know how to learn. When you learn in a way that you don't know how to learn, then that's learning. You see, the Holy Grail is when the educator surrenders and the audience truly shows up to learn. That is when the world will change because people or you will be transformed first. See, I believe in any, in any situation, there's a teacher and there's a student. Sometimes you'll be the teacher, sometimes you'll be the student, but prepare yourself. Imagine an uh, educator walking in and saying, it doesn't matter who I am, it doesn't matter my style, it doesn't matter where I've been, it doesn't matter all the education I have. What matters is the people who are listening to me and the people who I'm influencing and that I care about each and every one of you and I want to draw out all the greatness in you. And then you have an audience that walks in and says, I don't care who I am. I don't care what has happened to me. I don't care all the blocks that I have. I am here and I am present and I want to absorb everything that you have. If you're an educator, that is the audience you want. That is the audience you want because it draws out everything and you'll give them. And when they say, yeah, thank you so much, then you'll give them more. And as, a, uh, as an educator, that is the greatest feeling in the world. And as an audience, the greatest thing is to be heard. 
the greatest thing is for people to, to, uh, to respect the fact that you took your time and that you're there and you're absorbing things and that they're giving things that are truly based off of you, not some written speech, not something that they memorized, not something that they said to the, uh, the, the, the audience the night before that made them all laugh on the exact same cue. And I'm not saying that that's not great, but when you truly want to engage an audience, an audience needs to feel like that it's them. And I love this in hip-hop. I love this in hip-hop because anytime that I go to a hip-hop concert, every MC is always shouting the city where they're at at that particular night. And I loved it. And I'll end with this. Is, uh, I got to see Common. He opened up for Maxwell. And when Common came out, he rapped about San Diego because he was in San Diego. And he talked about the intricacies in San Diego and the laughing and he knew streets and he knew neighborhoods and he knew all these things and it was so funny and it, he engaged with all the people. Why? Because he said to the audience, I see you, I feel you and I am here for you. It's not about me. When you have a teacher who has shed everything and is available to draw out what the greatness is in the audience. And you have an audience that is saying, I want to get just to take every single thing that you have because the nuances, it's maybe a math lesson that I'm learning that I'm supposed to learn, but it might just be the way that you speak that inspired me and be open to those things. And when you're open in life, when you're open and you're in your God's presence, which he just wants you to be present, that's where it can happen. That's where the magic will happen. And when I say that it's something that we really could change the world, the only thing that you could change is yourself. And that's what my brother taught me. And that's how I'll end today. Is if you want to change this world, just look in the mirror. Look at the faces that are looking at you. Look at your circle of influence. Look at the people who are closest to you. And my brother said there's only three people who matter on this earth, Kelly. That's Maddox, McKenna, and Brooklyn. That's it. Love your wife, love your kids, and honor them. And that will change the world. Thank you for listening to the Kelly Cardenas Podcast. Check us out on iTunes, uh, on uh, Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, anywhere and, any, any, anywhere and everywhere that you can. Um, check out our website, kellycardenas.com. If you want the, uh, the hat, the Lompoc hat, it's on the uh, website. Uh, search on the store under Lompoc. Uh, I want to thank you so much for, your, uh, for the opportunity. Please patronize our sponsors. Uh, we love you. Keep listening to the uh, Kelly Cardenas Podcast. And if you liked anything, anything. If you took any little nuance out of what happened today, please share this with every single person that you know. Have a wonderful day, guys. You are amazing. I will see you soon.